Hey hikers, welcome to the Thruer Podcast, where we talk to new and experienced long distance or through hikers about their adventures on and off trail. I'm your host, Cheer. And this is really special too, because you're the first person um, who's come on where, oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Thruer Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little blooper from Lightbright and I. Um, I had a ring light up propped on a book and I knocked it over somehow. Uh, and that's really for when we we record on Zoom. And so we record video and we record audio. And so that was really for the Zoom visual recording for our YouTube channel. So had a mishap there and I thought it was funny, so gotta include it, right? And you heard I mentioned Light Bright. You might have heard her voice on this podcast before because before she is a PCT hiker. So she hiked the PCT um, last year in 2021. Before she hiked, she was part of our um, community. I met her first on one of our Zoom calls. Uh, our Q&A calls for new and experienced hikers, and we became friends after that. Um, and we'll go into that a little bit more later, but we became good friends after that. She got on the podcast, and I ask new hikers a set of questions before they start their treks. And now Lightbright, aka Nikki Hughes, uh, is the first hiker who has come on for the other part of that when you become an experienced hiker have another set of questions so she's our first hiker to do the full set if you'd like to listen to her interview before she hiked the pct you can check out the link in our show notes we have linked it in there it's season one episode four and again we'll have that linked in the show notes for you to go directly to it if you'd like to listen as always, it was so lovely talking to Lightbright about all things PCT. Uh, we talked about food. We talked about the biggest lessons learned on trail. We went through all of the uh, icebreaker, I guess, rapid fire questions is what we call them, and so much more. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Lightbright. All right. Welcome, Nikki. Welcome back to the Thruer Podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Carol. How are you doing? So good and so happy to have you back on the podcast. So um, for the listeners who are new here, Nikki came on, um, oh my gosh, was it about a year ago now? It um, was. As a new hiker hiking the PCT to give us um, the interview for kind of the new hiker set of questions. And now she is back as an experienced hiker. So you're the, you're actually the first hiker we've gotten back on um, from new to experience. So this is really exciting. It's um, such a, thank you. Yes. So thank you so much for coming on. And um, I was actually very lucky to be able to um, meet up with Nikki on the PCT when she was hiking through the Tahoe area. So that was really, really fun. Um, and maybe we'll get into that later on in the interview. I don't know, but um, I was so lucky to be able to meet up with you in person. It was so special. And I also met up with you in Lake Morena. So yeah. I got to see you twice on the PCT. It was wonderful. Such a blessing. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, we had beer and wait, breakfast beer, was it? We did. That we yeah. did? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I got to try whiskey for the first time with you. Yes, I know. That was such a treat too. It was so great. So trail magic for the win, right? Loved it. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet all of your amazing friends too. That was actually the day that we all bonded. That was yeah. like the day. Yeah. That's so right. Thank you for that. It yep. was so wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe during the interview, um, we'll get to see where everybody ended up. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. I met a lot of people that day. Mm -hmm. But it was lovely. So, okay. So um, let's get into, I'm just going to go over how the interview is um, going to play out for the people who are new here, um, and then we can get started. So Nikki, we're going to have you give a little intro for yourself, um, include whatever you'd like, maybe where you're from and um, the trails you've hiked. We, well, we know you've hiked the PCT, but if you aspire to hike any other trails, you can throw that in there. 
um, and anything else you'd like us to know about you. And then we're gonna get into our rapid fire questions, which are just meant to be fun um, and quick, but if they're not quick, that's okay too, because we love details around here. <laughs> and um, especially for the new hikers listening in, it's good um, to go into detail for them too. So we can either make it quick or we can get into it, whatever you choose. And okay. then we're gonna get into the bulk of the interview, which is the 10 main questions that I feel like, and I've asked other hikers too, like, what do you feel like I should ask if I have to ask 10 questions to a hiker that would encompass the through hike or kind of describe the through hike in the best way possible? So um, we came up with 10 questions. Um, okay. So we'll go through those. And then um, after that, I may ask some follow-up questions based on your answers. Okay. And then to close, we'll ask you how we can follow along with your future adventures. So with that, Nikki, um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, well, I'm Nikki and I'm from upstate New York and I hiked the PCT in 2021. And I didn't get to finish because of fires in Washington. I was near the terminus when I was up in that area. So I decided to try to snatch another PCT permit this year, which I did. And um, I will be hitting the trail sometime this summer and I will finish the last few hundred miles and it will be the first through hike that I've ever completed. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's so exciting. Yay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, definitely gonna follow along because you have a you have a vlog on YouTube, correct? I do. I haven't updated it in a while, but yeah, okay. I'm definitely um I'm so grateful for all the people who tuned in. I mean, they were lovely. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have my own little like YouTube channel, just mostly for like my own almost like a video diary, just so I can look yeah. back on it. I haven't finished my PCT updates. <laughs> it's like such a bad habit. Like when I finish something, I just don't actually put in the time to finish the video. So well, I'm right there with you. I went back yesterday and watched the first episode. I haven't watched any of my videos at all. And so yesterday I was feeling a little nostalgia. So I, I watched the first video and I was like, this is so incredible. I had tears in my eyes the whole time, just missing the trail so much and the people that I met along the way. And so, yeah, we'll get into that, but it's been a beautiful journey. So yeah, yeah I did the same thing. When I've watched a couple of my videos after the fact, and I definitely mm -hmm. cried too, because that. Yeah feeling just comes back and you just get right you know exactly where that place was where you mm -hmm. where you took the video oh yeah all the feels all the feels <laughs> all right okay rapid fire are you ready i'm ready let's do this bring it baby let's go bring it baby let's go <laughs> that was my favorite quote from our previous interview <laughs> all right so our first rapid fire question for experienced hikers okay what is the grossest thing you did or ate while on trail? We're getting right into it right off okay. the bat. Okay, well, the grossest thing I did, I will not share because it was that's just too personal, but I definitely drank the hot springs water where it says, you know, do not dunk your head underneath um, because there's brain eating amoeba. But yeah, I drank it. It was a matter of survival. So thank you, Sawyer. You saved my life. <laughs> Sawyer for the win. Sawyer for the win. <laughs> so in that stretch, I'm trying to remember the water source situation in that stretch, but was it like a long period of time where you had to go without a water source? There was. And then there, there wasn't any water for the next, I don't know, 10 miles or something. So I found where the water was coming out, trickling out before it actually reached the hot springs where everyone was, you know, bathing. So um, this local guy was like, come here, I'll show you what to do. And so I went over there and just put my bottle underneath. It was coming right out of the rock and I was like, well, you know, I, I either get dehydrated or have brain eating amoeba. So right. brain eating amoeba and I'm here, I'm good. So yeah. <laughs> You seem healthy to me, so I think it's all good. Sawyer came in. Thank you, Sawyer. Came in clutch, yes, love it. Okay, next rapid fire, UL or don't care? Well, I like to be on the lighter side. I don't have to be super ultralight, but I like to also be comfortable. So I have certain things that are comfort for me and I'm not, I'm not compromising on that. So yeah. 
Nice. And we, we're going to get into gear later. So maybe that will come up, but I am curious <laughs> as to what those comfort items are, mm -hmm. if you're willing to share. Okay. So we can get sure. into that later. Yeah. Um, okay. Next rapid fire boots or trail runners. Trail runners. Do you have a brand of choice? I do. I, I love ultras. I love them. Um, and we can get into the whole shoe thing in a little bit. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Okay, last rapid fire, stove or cold soak? Well, I cold soaked for the first 750 miles. And once I had a hot meal on trail, I never looked back. So I'm going stove all the way. <laughs> all the way. Love it. I know. I did the same thing. I did 702 miles of cold soaking. Okay. Okay. And, another, and then I switch and I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm not going. Never yeah. going. Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's like magic at the end of a hard day and you get to have macaroni and cheese. What? Okay. Yeah. Totally. So warm. Yeah. Yeah. Warm so. food. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. So now we're getting into the bulk of our interview, the 10 okay. questions for experienced hikers. Um, so first question. Um, I don't think I've even said your trail name yet. So Ooh. for the listeners who don't know, um, what is your trail name and how did you get it? My trail name is Lightbright, And one of my posse members uh, named me that because I had a really colorful pack and I have a colorful personality. So yeah. And the cool thing was she didn't know that my mom used to call me light bright when I was a kid and she used to tuck me in at night and she still like will say good night light bright I love you when we hang up and so it was pretty awesome how I had that name as a child and then you know it followed me into the trail which is pretty awesome so yeah light bright it is it sounds like it was meant to be and it's it's perfect for you perfect some people tried to call me like queen and I was like oh no no way I am not being called queen and not like diva kind of queen but just like um you know like I can manifest things and things happen for me in a really positive way and I was like no I don't want to be called queen so light bright when she said it I was just like it's perfect I was like done sold yeah so. you knew mm -hmm. <laughs> great all right question number two Okay. What drew you to long distance hiking? So I hiked the Grand Canyon, I think it was 2018. It was a day hike and I went from the rim to the river back up to the rim and I had never done anything like that before in my life. You know, I've, I've been hiking my whole life, but not, not to that extent. And that's a lot in one day. So I remember we were on our way up, um, back up the canyon and I just glanced down and I was like wow I was all the way down there at that river and I did this like my feet just carried me here and it was the most empowering moment one of the most empowering moments of my life actually where I was just like wow I did this I need more of this in my life and so when I got home I started looking at different long trails that I could hike because I really enjoyed the feeling that although it was hard work I got there on my own and it was, it was just this independence that mm, was fierce and it was bubbling and I was ready. I was ready for more. Nice. Yeah. I think I remember, this is kind of a repeat question from the new hiker interview. So I remember you talking about that. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and did you also say that you grew up near the, was it near the Catskills? Yeah, I, I live the Catskills. I can see them and from where I live and they're absolutely stunning and yeah I've been and the Adirondacks aren't too far and I live right near the Berkshires too so I'm kind of in this like little section of really beautiful places that's so great best. Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by beauty yeah <laughs> awesome okay question number three um okay so we're getting into gear okay so this is actually a multifaceted question so um, what were your favorite and least favorite pieces of gear? Um, and then are you going to make any changes for future hikes? Are you going to swap anything out? Okay. This is a loaded question, huh? Okay. It is, so, but we could, we can get into it. Yeah. So favorite gear, I have to say hands down was my Garmin. I mean, I had the Garmin mini and, um, it's a GPS satellite system where I was able to send a text every night to my loved ones 
I sent one to my husband and I sent one to my mom just so everyone knew that I was okay. Like I made it to camp and I'm going to bed like because I didn't have much energy for anything else, but at least I was able to communicate. And then sometimes as we'll get into, I got into a bind and I was able to communicate to the outside and get out and get help. And so for safety reasons, uh, by far, that was my favorite piece of gear. Um, personally, I really enjoyed wet wipes. I know they're really heavy, but for me to be able to get into my tents, um, I had a lot of foot issues, uh, a lot of blisters and just like, you know, I think my whole foot was blistered at one point. Um, but to be able to get into my tent and get into my PJs and before getting into my PJs, just really like wiping down everything um, just made me feel better inside. Um, not, I, I don't know how much good it did, but, <laughs> but I just felt, I felt better. Um, and then, you know, I had these down booties that I got from Z-Packs and my feet were cozy. And when my feet are cozy, I can sleep really well. Um, I loved my air mattress. Um, I had the Xtherm, the Neo Xtherm, which was really great because I tend to sleep cold. So uh, I enjoyed that immensely. And I loved my tent. I had the duplex. So it was perfect for the PCT. I don't think I would take it on the AT just because of humidity and, and all of that stuff. But um, for the dryness out West, perfect for me. And I'm tall. So I was able to like move around and do some yoga and it was perfect for me. So those were my favorite pieces of gear that come to mind. Um, and I loved my pack too, that I had a ULA circuit. It was awesome. Um, the least favorite piece of gear, I would have to say is the bear canister. I mean, I know it's important. I know it's a necessity, but it's really heavy and it's bulky. And I just had a hard time like getting it open with my hands. They were freezing cold in the morning and like, it was just, it was just a lot. So uh, yeah, the bear can was my least favorite piece of gear. I was so happy to get rid of that. Um, and then what was the, the other question was about something Are you I would yeah, future hikes with, is there anything you're going to swap out in your system? Um, I really liked everything that I had. Um, I think the shoes were a problem. They stopped making the ultra lone peak 4.5s. And, you know, when we were hiking in Tahoe, I had gotten a, a pair of, uh, men's shoes actually for the ultras, but they were the new fives. And, they were just too big for my feet and it didn't fit right. And I just, I just had some problems. So I know that they just came out with the six, but I really wish that they had a 4.5. I'll try the six and see how that feels. That's uh, gotta be better than the five for my foot because the five just didn't really jive. So I think the, the shoe portion, I'll have it dialed in a little bit more. Um, and I thought I did, um, but they, they just didn't make the 4.5s anymore. And so yeah, I think shoes, shoes are super important. Just finding what works. <laughs> right. And it's, it's a little frustrating too. I had a similar issue with the Brooks Cascadias where I was in between <clears throat> like the versions. Mm -hmm. So when I was hiking, I think it was like, I was hiking with the 13s and then the, they had the 14s. So I got the new ones and, um, they like ripped all the way across the shoe. I just tripped over a root in Washington oh. and the whole, like my toes were fully exposed in Glacier Peak Wilderness. Mm -hmm. Not a great place to not have shoes working, right? It's just like Absolutely. so steep. So my toes were like completely exposed for that whole stretch because of the shoe change. So anyway, I know yeah. how frustrating that is. It's, mm -hmm. it's interesting how they can make it so different from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody's foot is different, so you know they're they're appealing to a certain crowd. The foot with you know four point fives, and then the next the next time you try them on with the fives, you're like, "What happened? This is crap," you know. And then the six are probably good, so we'll see. I'll have to test them out. Um, but yeah, shoes, shoes, got it. <laughs> okay, so question number four: mm. What is your favorite and worst memory from trail? <laughs> can only pick one. Um, you can do more than one. <laughs> so many. I mean, 
I ended up hiking a lot by myself. Like I broke off from my trail family around mile like 300. And um, I really enjoyed being alone when I hiked. Uh, so I have moments on trail where uh, nature really spoke to me and I, and I was communicating that way. And, and a lot of healing took place. I know people say, well, you have all this time while you're out there, you could be you know, thinking of so many things and healing. And I'm like, actually, I'm trying to watch where I step. So, but it keeps you constantly in the present moment. So for me, being present for four and a half months was amazing for, for my health and well-being when I came back. Um, so I have that, that going on, but people-wise, there were two shenanigan kind of parties that happened and I had my trail family with me in Wrightwood and it was my birthday. So one of the girls in uh, Cannonball, her birthday is April 24th and mine's April 26th. And we were in Wrightwood on the 25th. So we're like, well, of course we have to celebrate. And so other hikers were in this Mexican restaurant that we were in and it just turned into this huge party. And we went back to this Airbnb and then back to a bar. And like there were 30 hikers just like partying and having the best time. So that was quite the birthday experience. Um, so it was very memorable for me because the the, the year before I had turned 40 and uh, I, it, COVID happened. So I couldn't do anything. So this was like extreme and extra and I loved it and then the the other great memory was um we caused ruckus wherever my little posse went <laughs> but uh I remember being at Grumpy's one night Grumpy Bears at mile 702 and you know you're heading into the Sierra you just finished the desert and everyone is just exhilarated when they get there because it's a whole new chapter that's about to happen so everyone's in great spirits and uh Grumpy stayed open a little bit extra because we had music going they let me be like the dj on somebody's phone and we were just bumping and everyone was dancing and drinking and just having so much fun and kendra and scott who the owners were just like this is the most fun we've ever had everybody was just dancing and having a blast so that to me is really memorable and, and my whole posse was there my i mean i i, I love them dearly so uh we will all be friends for life um so yeah, that's memorable. Uh, the worst memory, I have a few, um, the worst I think is Glen Pass. Um, that, that had a lot of snow on the south side of Glen Pass. And I, um, I had a little PTSD from doing Forrester and Kearsarge by myself, which um, yeah, so having to have that be like the first monumental um hike that I had to do next um I yeah I wasn't ready for it and I had a little bit of a panic attack um so that was my worst I think I just had a really rough day and I was so happy to have survived that when I got down um but yeah Glen Pass there's mm -hmm. no joke no joke Glen Pass is no joke I Yes, I remember that pass very clearly. It was not easy, not mm -hmm. easy. And you know, it was funny because like, at least in my year when I hiked, I didn't even hear about Glen Pass. Like no. nobody mentioned it. It was all Forrester and Mather. Like that was, <laughs> those are the bad ones, like with all the snow and everything. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like I need to remember these passes because obviously it's going to be gnarly, but nobody said anything about Glen Pass. Mm -mm. It was one of the more sketchy ones we did. Yeah, so. I've never been so, I mean, yeah, I've been, yeah, I was scared prior to that. And we'll, we can get into that for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I never want to go on that again where there's snow. Like I'm, I literally still have PTSD and I live in New York state where we get like tons of snow upstate here with ice. We just had a huge ice storm and I, I still have a little trepidation. I'm, I'm a little scarred from that whole experience. So yeah, that's my worst memory. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very steep on both sides. I oh, yeah. remember going up sucked and going down really sucked. <laughs> it's like, well, you're like sliding, you know, you have spikes on, but you're still, you're still sliding with every step. And if you get there too late, I mean, you're, you know, you might as well just yeah, go back down. <laughs> right? I know. Sorry to the new hikers out there. Yeah. We're not trying to scare you. You'll yeah. be fine. But it, you know, just just be aware of Glen Pass. It's deeper than you, you might think, 
or hear yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and I will probably get into this later, like you said, but I can't believe you did forester by yourself. So maybe yeah. that's something we'll get into. Um, yeah, totally. Maybe even in this question. So okay. perfect segue. Okay. Question number five, what is your scariest moment on trail? Yeah, okay. Okay, so we had gotten notice that a snowstorm was coming in and we were at the base of Whitney and we were going to get up and go do Whitney. And I just had this pit in my stomach and I'm like, I'm not, I got to I got to get out of here. And the only way out was to keep going. Um, I mean, I guess we could have went Crabtree, but we just wanted to get out at Kearsarge. So, cause we wanted to keep hiking. Um, and we still had about a day and a half window. So I'm like, okay, well, We'll get up in the morning and we'll try to hit um, Forrester and then we'll hit Kearsarge. We don't have to do it all in one day because we have time. Well, we got up super early in the morning. We were all ready to leave together. And I was having a little trouble on the Sierra with the elevation. Um, my legs felt a little lethargic. So I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to go and you'll catch up with me. You know, and they always would. So I would always leave maybe five, 10 minutes early. Well, this was a lesson for everyone. Stay with your, your family because uh, I got to the first water source. No one was behind me. I'm like, where is everybody? And so then got to the next one and the next one and, and time just kept passing. And then I ate lunch at the last spot that you can um, have before Forrester. And it was getting late in the day. And I'm like, I've got to go. Like I, I don't know where they are. I waited an hour and a half and they're not here. I didn't, I didn't know if they turned around and decided to go out Whitney and I, they weren't never coming. And then I would have been stuck. So I, I had to really make a decision to go um, and try to do Forrester Pass on my own. And honestly, I was terrified. Like I did it. Oh, I did the ice cornice and I came down and I was like, I'd never traveled in snow like that before. And so um, on the south side of, of Forrester was all snow and I was post holing, which I'd never done before, like into rocks and like my whole leg would be covered. And I didn't know what was underneath me. I didn't know anything. Um, so I just kept following whatever footprints I could I could find. And then I got lost at one point and, you know, it was just really, it was a lot. And so I remember just screaming, like there was no one around, but just like, can somebody help me? You know, calling on any powers that be just like whoever was listening, you know, like some, somebody in the ether, please help me because I am, I am not okay. And the fact is I was okay. Um, I just, you kick into survival mode and you just want to get out of there. You just want to get done. So I finally, um, got to the bottom and just kept walking and I ran into these two beautiful women that became friends. And, um, that night we had, uh, you know, made camp and my air mattress leaked and it was, I was sleeping on the cold ground all night. It was 11 degrees. And so I woke up in the morning, I, I mean, woke up, I didn't really sleep, you know? <laughs> so I got all my stuff together and the, the snowstorm was coming. And so I like start walking and have to do this creek crossing and I fell in and now I'm soaking wet and it's 11 degrees and it's just it was it was a moment and so I got lost from those two girls they went one way I went another way because you can you can go to Kearsarge a couple different ways and so I, I just was ahead of them and and got lost and went a different way I went uh I was all by myself and the snow started coming so it came earlier than it was supposed to so I I went over Kearsarge in a snowstorm, like couldn't see the wind was blowing and, and it was just like white squalls, whiteouts everywhere. And I would have to like hike a little bit and then just stop and the wind was whipping. So I'd have to like dig my poles into the ground. I couldn't see anything. Uh, I was on the edge and it was just, it was a lot. So I would have to like run every time there was a little break, like, okay, go. And so, um, yeah, when I finally got down Kearsarge, I was, traumatized for about four days and I was like I'm not going back in this year I'm not doing it and then I did <laughs> and I had a great time but I but there was a there was a moment there that I, I didn't think I was ever going to hike again I mean I was 
pretty traumatized. So it doesn't sound like so much, but when you're, when you're going through that, it's like pretty intense. And um, I was so grateful to hit the pavement at Kearsarge because you have, you know, a parking lot down there. And somebody that I know was there and he was like, come on in. And he had this van and we went in and it was, there was heat and uh, yeah, hot tea. And I was just shaking for four days. And so the next time I went back in was Glen Pass. Like I did Kearsarge and then Glen Pass. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so it was just a lot of trauma. Uh, I worked it out. I'm okay. I don't need to see a therapist. <laughs> We're good. But yeah, it was, it was rough. <laughs> so that's my scariest that's probably but that's the story I keep telling you know like it it was so traumatic but it's this it's it's a memory and it and I get to explain that to people and I have to say when you survive something like that you come back to to non-trail life and you feel so fiercely independent and strong um, first of all you don't take crap from anybody and um, all the little things that used to bother you, they don't, they don't bother you anymore. It's like, it doesn't, it's it, inconsequential. Like it just doesn't matter. So, um, you know, you just try to hone in on the things that do matter. And I think that's one of the greatest lessons I learned out there is I am so strong in, uh, you know, just keep on trucking. <laughs> you got to get back out there. You got to do it. If I hadn't gone back out there, I think I would have regretted that the rest of my life. So, yeah, it's pretty Yeah, and I love, you got into, when we can go into this more with other examples too, but um, the greatest lesson you learned on trail, this sounds like at least it was one of them. Um, I yeah. love that reflection of surviving something like that and then going back to kind of the default world or your life before, right. you know, you live before trail and things. I think a lot of experienced hikers go through this too. Like you're just a changed person when you're done with the trail, or even if you've done sections and gone through yeah. something like this, it doesn't have to be a full through hike or anything, but if you've gone through something like this, um, you're a changed person. Um, yeah. and you know, hopefully for the most part and for most hikers, it's for the better. Sounds like yeah. it is for you. And it certainly was for me too. Um, but yeah. that's a great hard, reflection. I had a hard time coming back into society. Um, not because I, I, you know, like I'm a very social person and, but I just really enjoyed me time and going out when I came home, I just was hiking outside every day and really enjoying the beauty that, that surrounds me where I live. Um, but I had a hard time relating to people, um, because I could see them still, and this isn't a judgment, you know, but they're still in their vicious cycle of victimhood, you know, like blah, 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 blah. blah. And I just couldn't relate to them. I'm like, dude, I just survived like you know, a snowstorm at 13,000 freaking feet. Like, like, I can't, I can't relate to you right now. And it, it doesn't mean, you know, that it's, it's good or bad or this or that. It just is, uh, is different. And I changed and um, I'm really grateful for, for the lessons and I wouldn't ever trade it. Yeah. Yeah. Even the hard days, right? Oh, even the hard days. Every There's day. No hard day. Though every day was something like I'm just I'm just like and we had a little saying in our group it was like just another day on the PCT <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and so but then when you come home you're like aching to be back out there yeah even it's, through the worst day yeah I would trade I that, that. I would, yeah I'll do it I'll do it sign me up when do yeah. we go you know like no storm over right. here Sarge? Yeah. Put me in there right now. Mm -hmm. We ride at dawn. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. I, I think that happens to a lot of hikers once they're done. Like, take me back to my worst day. I'll take that over this. Seriously. Like this real life stuff. I'm like, oh, this is bogus. Like, Let's get back out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's why a lot of people just keep hiking when they can. Yeah. I mean, I, I got you. <laughs> And yeah. you, you know, I'm sure, well, I know you're going to finish the PCT and then maybe other trails will come after that. Who knows? 
Yeah, so I'm moving to Florida this year and I'd love to do the Florida Trail. I've done a section of it before um, and I, it it's so beautiful to me. And it's not, you know, huge mountains or anything, but it has its own, it has its own, you know, troubles that my feet will definitely be blistered because of the sand. You know, it's, I just think I have blistered feet. Like, I just think I'm always going to have them. Um, I don't know if, if maybe I need to see a podiatrist or something, but uh I don't know. Anyway, so let's go on to the next question. Yeah, let's go I love on to the next question. Um, okay, so now we're getting into food. We love oh. talking about food here at Thrower. So, oh yeah. Where and what was your best town meal? There are so many. Okay, you okay. can do top five or you know top three well, if you want. I think the most memorable for me is I just finished the desert and I got to Grumpy's and I had the Grumpy Burger and many beers and I was the happiest clam I knew no one there and I was just like it didn't matter it was the best meal of my life um but honestly like oh there are so many places um yeah I think I think Grumpy's is just memorable for me um and the pancakes in the morning I couldn't I could never finish that it's huge it's like three times the size of my face <laughs> that um they put on a good spread there so it's really nice what they do for everybody yeah it's a fun place mm -hmm. for sure and yeah the mm -hmm. food's great I was in heaven as well um yeah. and at that time were you or I can't remember the hiker hunger thing like did you not experience hiker hunger very often on the PCT okay I had a hiker hunger really ever until I got to town which is it's crazy. Um, but yeah, on trail, I didn't really eat very much. And I had to like force myself sometimes, especially in the Sierra with the elevation. Like I just wasn't, I just didn't want to eat. Um, and I knew I had to, I knew I had to for strength, um, but I just wasn't feeling it. So yeah, all of, uh, I would crave things though, like, especially in the heat, it, it was like, cherry coke and a burger and then it slowly morphed into orange soda which I don't drink soda at all at all and I don't really eat burgers but you know what on trail you get the strangest cravings so yeah no hiker hunger really mm -mm. that's so interesting and yeah the cravings are funny like I'm like you I do I never drink soda um but on trail yeah. Orange soda for me too, which is funny. Mm -hmm. um, and then like orange juice. Like, oh yeah. Oh, my yeah. second trail name was freshly squeezed. <laughs> I love it. Because I wanted freshly squeezed orange juice. <laughs> so bougie. Not so concentrate. It's got to be freshly squeezed. Freshly squeezed <laughs> which I couldn't really find anyway. But in Mammoth, I did. But otherwise, no. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I craved kind of the vitamin C, like yeah. orangey stuff too. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Well, it is funny. Yeah, I don't know what about soda. Like, people were just craving soda all the time. Yep. Is it a quick hit of sugar or something? I mean, what is it? Maybe it's partially that and like the carbonation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody, anybody, does anybody know? Please tell us because I would love to know that. Yeah, if anybody knows, let us know. Info <laughs> at guru.com. Email us, please. Yeah. I, I want to know the science behind that. Yeah. I mean, you. I'm no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki will share that with you if anybody writes into us. <laughs> I will. All right. So okay. we're still talking about food, but now we're talking about food on trail. So what is your favorite food to eat on trail? Like what do you get really excited about? I know you weren't experiencing hiker hunger and you had to right. kind of make yourself eat. Sometimes what did you really get excited about? I really got excited about the backpackers pantry three cheese mac and cheese. I mean, I could eat that every single night and be happy for lunch. I pretty much had the same thing every day, which was a wrap with tuna fish, some cheese and some crunchy Cheetos in there or Fritos, depending on what I had. Um, but mostly Cheetos, the crunchy ones. And yeah, it was pretty simple, pretty basic. But that mac and cheese blew my mind. I loved it. Love so. it. And Fritos for the yeah. Those oh, are yeah. a staple. I mean, okay. <laughs> awesome okay so now we're getting into like trail angel uh, okay Aww. so question number eight 
what was the nicest thing someone did for you on trail or in town? The amount of exceptional people that are out there. Um, I'm gonna get a little emotional. Um, I'm already getting emotional. <laughs> um, all of them, all of them. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint just one. Um, but I will talk about um, this guy tie dye. That's what we named him. His name was Hollywood beforehand. But um, it, yeah, I called him tie dye, and he makes tie dye shirts and stuff. He's really, really amazing, beautiful spirit, and he gave me and then all of my friends arrived and like surprised us with our one friend that got uh, lost behind us so anyway he was just a really beautiful soul and when I had got uh I was stuck in the snowstorm and I had to get out and I had garmined him and just because he said at some point he would you know if you need help or whatever when you're up there I'll, I'll come get you I'm like but that's three hours away like that's such a long drive for you well I didn't know what else to do. So when the snowstorm was coming and I knew that I was gonna be at Kearsarge, you know, the next day, I had sent him a message on my Garmin and he didn't even bat an eye. He was like, I'll be there, you know, I'll, I'll wait for you. It doesn't matter what time, just I'll wait all day. So he drove three hours from Southern California to come pick me up in a snowstorm. And uh, I was so grateful. Um, it's stuff like that that really makes you and for nothing you know he didn't ask for money I gave it to him you know he but he, he wasn't asking for anything it's because his his heart was so kind and he just wanted you build these connections with people when you're out there um so every town I went in every time I met a trail angel I really tried to establish a bond um just because I was so grateful for all of the help. I mean, yeah, I, that, but he just took the cake and he would help out so many people. And I just, I still talk to him. I know I, yeah, I'm his friend on Facebook and stuff. You know, I just, uh, I really appreciate everything that he did for me and it wouldn't have been the same experience without him. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard he to, would, Sorry, he was the glue that held my posse together when we all got split up and came back together at Grumpy's. So yeah, I'm forever grateful for him. So if you're listening, Dave, tie-dye, much love. <laughs> tie-dye. Love it. Yeah, I know this is a really hard question for pretty much every hiker I talk to because the amount, like what you were saying, the amount of kindness that comes your way mm -hmm. um, and that is just surrounding the trail community, trail angels, other hikers, mm -hmm. et cetera, is just, it's unreal. It's unreal. There, mm -hmm. There's this one hiker who I, I had met at the bottom of Forrester um, again for the second time. And she just appeared like this, then an angel. And, uh, you know, after everything that I had just went through at the bottom of Forrester, I run into her and uh, we established a really nice bond because we had to get out, you know, out of that snowstorm was coming. And I remember later on, there were so many fires and we had to go around them and it was crazy. And I met up with her in, I want to say Bend. And she had a hotel room waiting for me, a bubble bath, fruit, croissants, baked goods, like just the sweetest thing you could ever think of like just and I have the kindness of her heart and I will always remember her and um there was nothing more monumental than knowing that this person just did exactly what I did um but wanted to have me have comfort and um because I I touched her life so it's 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 this exchange of give and take and I met the most beautiful people and I am, I'm forever changed. Their imprints on my soul will be left there forever. So, yeah. I love that. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so many people experience this and that's why 
they keep coming back to the hiking world or um, they, they want to stay involved because it's just exceptional with, with the world we live in today and, you know, what we see know. In the and everything else, like this still exists, like this community of people and the kindness that is given without any yeah. thought of getting something in return, it exists and it's here. So it's just so special. I, I love what you're saying about this and um, about the imprint on your soul. It's mm -hmm. beautiful and it, um, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And I'm going to cry. So I'm gonna <laughs> not to cry. <laughs> I can tell. But, um, All the emotions going on here tonight. <laughs> I know. But this is real. This is real stuff, everybody. Um, you know, in this section too, because we've interviewed a few hikers on um, the show and this is where it does get a little emotional, a little yeah. or a lot. So, um, but it's warranted. I mean, a lot of people do, I think, do the trail because they, like for me, I heard the community was beautiful and amazing before I even started and it exceeded my expectations. So I don't know if that's okay. something you heard before then. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it exceeded your expectations. <laughs> Above and beyond, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm blessed for yes. sure. Yeah. Uh, question number nine, before I start crying, we're going to just move on. <laughs> move on. <laughs> um, what was the greatest, I know you got into this a little bit, but um, what is the greatest lesson you learned while hiking? Maybe you can give other examples or maybe another lesson. Hmm. Well, um, I think the greatest lesson for myself personally was to surrender. Um, I didn't have any control out there. I mean, the only thing I really had control of was my attitude, what I was going to bring that day. Um, and sometimes my attitude wasn't great. And I, the first one to admit that, you know, sometimes I'm like, I you know, I didn't want to do something or I was pissy about whatever, but, but, then all of a sudden, like I went, okay, one day I went the wrong way and I had a little water and I was in Oregon and it was hot. And I was like, the trail looks really funky right now. Like, why, why is it looking like this? And I was going down all this like shale kind of uh, shale pass. And I'm like, what, where am I? And then I, the gut hook wasn't working. And I just was so confused. And I went, I think three miles out of the way or something total. And, um, I was so angry and so, can I say pissed off? I was so yeah. pissed off. I was so pissed off. I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, I just wanted water. I had no water. I was like, this is crazy. And then all of these little butterflies just started surrounding me and flitting their wings and just like, flip, flip, flip. you know, there were so many butterflies on trail, but this was a, a poignant moment where they all just completely enveloped me and made me go oh okay I get it it's not that bad all right see the beauty in this moment and keep on trucking you know you have you just have to keep going um but it was because of those butterflies that took me right out of that funk so I was I was grateful for that as well but anyway my my point being is that you don't really have a lot of control out there because there's always going to be something that comes up and it's how you respond. It's how you deal with that. And if you bring a really good attitude, granted, I'm not saying you have to be cheery all the time, but how you deal with your problems on trail is going to help you when you come back uh, off trail and just be a better human. It just helps you to be, be better. So surrender to letting go of control is probably the greatest lesson for myself. Mm, yes, love it. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. With that, we are at our last question. So question okay. number 10. Okay. Do you have any advice for aspiring through hikers? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, like everyone says, hike your own hike, right? And so like, it's so cliche after a while, um, cause you know, they'll tell you that, but then they're secretly judging you because you got off at certain, a certain mile or took a ride or hitched into town or whatever. And it's like, look, if you want to step every single step on the trail, like that's cool. That's cool. Um, but don't judge someone else's journey, um, 
you know, they, they might, maybe they're not feeling like walking through a fire closure, which I don't recommend people don't do it. Um, and that wasn't comfortable to me. So I broke off and, and, you know, found a different way to go. And you had to honestly either do this really loud, long road walk or get a ride. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a ride. And that's when I decided like, Hey, everyone has their own way of doing things and it's your time out there. It's your experience. And so stay true, stay authentic and just do what feels right for you. If you don't want to walk through a fire, don't walk through a fire, you know, like you don't have to breathe in all of that stuff just because if you don't hike these certain miles, then it's not a true through hike and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's your hike. So when they say hike your own hike, really hike your own hike. <laughs> I mean, just try to be authentic and stay true to yourself and what you want to do. And just make it yours. Go out there and have a good time because it's going to go fast. And when you get home, you're going to wish you were back out on trail. So that's right. Yeah. My advice. Great advice. All encompassing too. Hike your own hike. There's yeah. reason people say it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that was kind of just like a hike your own hike. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But no, it's <laughs> yeah it's so true though like, like as cliche as it is it's like no really hike your own hike and not what everyone else is doing or expects of you to do so yeah yeah that's a good point about the like let people if people want to judge you let them yeah who cares yeah but I don't need you in my life anyway if that's no. how you're gonna feel like go right. ahead you know do whatever you need to do right so, yeah anyway yeah, I love yeah. it. Especially, I don't know if um, this was your experience, but um, when I started the trail um, out of Campo, I noticed there was a lot of judgment going on like the first week or two. Um, did you experience that? I was part of that judgment and I'll be the first person to admit it. I was like, oh, they're already skipping? Like blah, 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 blah. And then one day I was like, who cares? Like, until I had to, to, to make a decision for myself, I was like, um, oh, okay, stop judging. And, and I was part of that, you know, whole mentality of like, I thought I was going to hike every single step on the PCT and it didn't happen that way. And so I'll be the first person to admit that I was the judgy little like first week, like, oh, you're already skipping. Like, <laughs> like who is that? Who is that person? So I'm so glad I left her in the desert like bye we don't need that kind of attitude on trail like see ya so it's so easy to get caught up in that it's mm -hmm. almost like a twister I mean yeah. at the beginning you know it's almost like yeah. a twister of judgment at the beginning it's so easy to get caught up in it because that's what kind of what everybody's talking about and oh their pack is huge they're never going to make it to Canada like right. I heard that literally like verbatim from people and it, it happens. It's so easy to get caught up in that. So um, I'm glad she is now a desert dweller for you. <laughs> <laughs> the but judgment tornado is stuck yeah. in the desert forever. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I had to embrace that saying, hike your own hike. I had to do it. Um, and, you know, I got some backlash for going around certain fires and for getting off trail when, my, when I had to go to the dentist because my, you know, things happened and I was just like, ah, <laughs> so you yeah. just kind of roll with it and pick up wherever you do, do whatever you want, you mm -hmm. know, just go have a good time. It's your time off from work. It's your money. It's your experience. So. And it's rare. It's a rare part of your well I think in general a rare part of your life where you're even able to do this right so I, do it your way exactly I mean we're trying to get away from that's why we're going to trails to get away from everyone trying to fit us into certain boxes and labels and just go enjoy yourself enjoy your life um, and take that back when you come back to the real world like enjoy keep enjoying because it's so easy to get back into the mundane and and the and the monotony the hamster wheel right so try to take the trail with you even in your your normal day-to-day -day. yeah yeah it's beautiful okay so um i do actually have some follow-up questions for you i know we kind of finished okay. but first before we get to that is there anything that was very big for you on trail that we didn't cover hmm 
Um, I don't think so. I think you pretty much hit every, every target. So. Okay. I, I always ask that question because, um, uh, I feel like these questions might morph over time. Um, and so I always like to get the hiker's point of view as to like, okay, is there anything you want to add or that okay. sort of thing, but okay, great. Um, so I did want to ask you just kind of a, I guess, follow-up about, you mentioned the fires. So I guess I'm not exactly what question ask about the fires, but how much the, did that affect your hike? I uh, mean, the whole of things. Yeah. Um, so my first fire was in the desert. I was in a hiker town and I saw this like glowing red light as we were trying to fall asleep. <laughs> I was like, guys, you know, being a New Yorker, I don't deal, we don't have fires. You know, so just like, well, what is happening? <laughs> There's a glowing ball of light coming down the street. Like, are we going to die? What's happening? And so luckily it blew off to the other side of the street, but um you know hiker towns all wood so you just it would go up in flames and there's nowhere to go like where do you go you're in the middle of the desert so that started um I didn't have to reroute around that one or anything but um the first big one for me was near where was it a Shasta area was the was a really big one um and I decided to go around that one um, and then Crater Lake. So what, as I was coming into Crater Lake, like you could really feel the dense smoke and my nose started bleeding and I didn't have a problem breathing so much, but my, my nose just kept bleeding. Um, so I had gotten in touch with my homeopathic doctor here, my naturopathic doctor and said, Hey, you know, should I be breathing this in, you know, my constitution, you know, like my, my makeup and stuff. And she's like, absolutely not get out. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, duly noted, got it. I mean, that's how I was feeling anyway. I was listening to that intuition, but I just wanted to, to make sure. And so I went around the Crater Lake, like I got to Crater Lake and went around that. Um, and then, you know, there was a huge fire closure in Oregon. It was, I don't even remember now. I think it might've been 150 miles from the last year's fire. And so we had to go around that. We couldn't even walk through. I mean, you weren't allowed to walk through there. Some people did, I'm sure. Um, but I just, if it's closed, there's a reason why it's closed, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, I, I'll get caught. Like I'm one of those people that like do something I'm not supposed to do and I'll get caught. So it's not worth the fine. It's not worth like disturbing the, the earth that needs to regenerate. So for me, that was just my personal, um, experience, but yeah, the fires were pretty bad. And then the Northern terminus, um, when I had gotten into Washington, the PCTA actually said, you know, look, like the routes are closed. Um, the town is burning. Like I think Mazama, I think it was not doing very well. And so um, that's where I'd sent my last package for my food and everything. Um, and there just wasn't a way out. And people went around and did some extra stuff. But for me, I really had to sit with myself and say, you know, like what's really important to me and you know is touching the northern terminus is touching the the wood really that important or like how big is your ego you know like can you go home can you do it and it was hard it was a hard decision but I needed to stay true to myself and at that point I'm like I'm just gonna go home I wanted to see my family and I wanted to like just go back to normal life um and so I made that decision like if I come back I'll come back. I wasn't sure at that time if I was going to, but now that I've been away from the trail, I'm like, I have to, it's like itching, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. I hear you. You're still calling me. I'm coming Washington. And Washington was absolutely beautiful. I mean, she's a stunner. So it's like the Sierra without the elevation, but the fires were pretty bad, but mainly when the bubble got to the northern part um they were able to to touch the terminus but i was just a little early because i had went around the shasta and the greater lake fire so i was a little ahead of everyone else um but that's just how it worked for me so okay yeah i was just curious and i think this is good for the new hikers to hear as well um you know fire depending on your year mm -hmm. fires could definitely be an issue um so, okay. Well, the people that were behind us had a lot of problems. Like, luckily we started early enough. Yeah, we had to deal with snow, but the fires were so bad by the time, you know, the, 
we were in the main bubble, but the people that were behind us, I mean, they didn't get to do a lot of the trail. So, uh, you know, especially people that were coming um, southbound. Um, I don't even know what happened with Kathmandu. Like I ran into him in Washington and then I don't know if he got to finish. Uh, there were so many fires. So, oh. So actually the reason he didn't get to finish is, and so Kathmandu has been on the show before for the listeners out there um, and the viewers out there, he's been on the show before. Um, and so he was hiking the PCT southbound. So we actually had to get off because um, of the closure for, yeah, it was for the fires. So they closed down, um, I guess it was the national forest. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to leave. Him yeah. and all of the other southbound hikers, he had to get off trail. So he's um, coming back this year to finish. Maybe I'll see him. <laughs> Maybe you will. Yeah, I think he's starting where he left. So I believe he made it to like the Tuolumne area. Oh, okay. And then okay. at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was cruising. He was cruising when I saw him. So yeah. He's a beast. He he's a beast. crushes <laughs> the miles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what happened with him, unfortunately. But um, so would you, and I don't know if we mentioned this before, just, but just for the new hikers who are trying to get like a sense of timing and everything, you started the PCT northbound in, was it early April? It was April 1st. April mm -hmm. 1st. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I was yeah. there the next day. Yeah, you were. That was such a trip. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so just, yeah, like, I always try to, if we can share dates, I know. Um, mm -hmm. If it's a hike coming up, maybe people don't want to share dates, but um, since you've already done it, April 1st. So mm -hmm. with the timing for the fires, you, for your particular year, um, that was kind of a good time to start because you got through a lot of it without right. the issues that people behind you were dealing with. Right. Yeah, because they closed down all of California National Forest at one point, so no one was hiking. Um, so yeah, I... I feel really grateful. I mean, there were some places I had to skip, but um, yeah, I I got to see most of the trail, whereas others didn't. So April 1st was a great date. There was so many things in bloom in the desert and there was actual water. Um, you know, you had to trek for it, but they, they still had trickling water. So I, I recommend starting a little early if you can. If you can do April 1st, great. I mean, you might have to deal with some snow, but Every year is different. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. So every year is different. Yeah. And I did talk to people and people on our, through our trail team too, who started late, they started like in May and that sort of thing. And they were having a lot of issues with heat. Oh, yeah. A lot heat. of issues with water. I can't imagine the heat because there was one day I was on High Creek Rim and that's when that heat wave came. And it was like, I don't even know, 117 degrees. I don't even know. It was so hot. And that's a 30 mile stretch, just about um, uncovered. Like, like you're just totally exposed up there on the ridge. And I mean, it was super hot and I made it. I don't know how, but I was delirious, but I made it. <laughs> so I got to the water source, but those were some long, hot days. And I can't imagine being in the Southern portion of California during that. So please just be prepared, know what you're getting into. And if you can't do it, if you literally can't do it, or you have the feeling that you shouldn't, don't, don't push yourself into something that's dangerous. So yeah, great advice. Check your ego. <laughs> there you go. From life right herself. <laughs> yeah, check your ego. <laughs> <laughs> great well thank you so much for coming on and before we sign off um where can we keep up with your adventures so nikki n-i-k-k-i-h-5333 on instagram or you can find me on youtube if you just type in nikki hughes pct it comes up um so yeah Great. Well, we're going to also, just so it's easy for the listeners and the viewers, put um, those links in either the show notes if you're listening on the podcast or um, in the little text section below the video if you're watching this YouTube clip. So um, we'll be able to just click the links and go straight to her YouTube and her Instagram. Thank you so much, Carol. I really enjoy being a part of Thruer. It's been 
a wonderful experience. And I think this is such a great organization for people, especially oh. new hikers. So thank you so I'm much. We love to have you. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> love you, girl. I love you too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that lovely episode with Lightbright. And if you would like to follow her on her YouTube channel and or her Instagram, you can check out the links in the show notes for that. Lightbright is also, as she said, returning to trail this year. And she is a trail correspondent as part of our Through Trail team. So you can check out the Through Trail team landing page if you'd like on our website. It's www.thruer.com. That's www.thru-r.com. And you can go to the trail team section at the top and you can find her and all of our trail team members. And if you would like to get a visual of this podcast, we do post clips from our interviews on our YouTube channel. It's the Thruer YouTube channel, and the link for that is also in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today, and until next time, happy hiking. <laughs>